This is Raw Cut. Welcome to Life Burst. I'm Sarah. And I'm Matt. Well, a miracle and a story of living out your passion. That's next on Life Burst. Yes, welcome to Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. And today we are chatting with Andrew via video link. So thank you, Andrew, for coming in on the show. Great to have you with us. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Andrew, tell us, uh, taking you way back to the beginning of your life, where did life start out for you? Well, I was born in Bordertown, same birthplace as Bob Hawke, I tell everyone. And uh, I lived the first five years of my life on a cattle and sheep station, which was about, oh, 20 mile out from Bordertown. And uh, that um, was how I started my life. Okay. So was uh, was farming in your blood from the beginning? My dad was a farmer and uh, he, uh, uh, up to that time, had been uh, working for a large pastoral company called the Scottish Australian Pastoral Company. And then he moved into the agricultural department uh, as an advisor. And they were keen to get some uh, ex-farmers so that farmers didn't feel like it was just some government bloke telling them what to do. But Dad was a farmer. He knew how they thought. So, yes, so we uh, the first five years of my life were in Narra- in Bordertown and then we moved to Narrabool, which is all in the southeast of South Australia, which is a pretty beautiful part of the world. So I was pretty fortunate. What did you like most about living in that area of the country? Oh, it, it's funny. As I get older, I realise how much I just love the open spaces and uh, uh, the community. Uh, it was great. Uh, we had a pretty happy family life, but uh, also had some wonderful friends and family and uh, just the general community. It was, uh, it's, it, for those who've grown up in the country, you know, for the most part, it's uh, there's some really positive aspects to it. And in Narracor, when you moved there, were you again on a on a rural property on a farm, or did things change? No, we moved into the town, so that was a bit of a change for us. Mm. But I was pretty young, so I think we just adapted. But um, yes, we moved uh, into uh, the town. But a lot of my friends were on property, so I still most of my childhood I remember holidays and weekends. We'd be out out uh, doing whatever on the uh, on the farm, and um, uh, sometimes telling our mothers what we were doing and sometimes not. <laughs> okay, I want to know more about the times when you didn't tell your mothers what you were doing. Yeah, here's confession time. Yep, here it is. <laughs> we were riding motorbikes and driving vehicles and shooting guns uh, probably a little sooner than we should have been, but uh, <laughs> that's what we did. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Fun. And did you grow up with some siblings around you at the time? Yes, yeah. I had, I've got two older sisters and um, uh, who were three and four years older. So um, my my mother said that I, I didn't speak very much for the first couple of years of my life because my older sisters would uh, do the interpreting for me as older sisters do. So uh, I uh, I thought, oh, well, I don't have to. I obviously thought I didn't have to work any harder than I had to. So uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're all very close and... Um, uh, all got our families. We all live in Adelaide, which has been nice. And um, yeah, shout out to my dear sisters. Nice. Okay, did they also shoot guns and drive motorbikes and cars when you were way too young? 
Well, they, I don't know how much they shot guns, but they, they uh, rode horses and drove vehicles and uh, they, they had fun. They enjoyed themselves. Yes, it was yeah. all good. And how was schooling for you over there? Was school something that you loved and gravitated towards or was it uh, a difficult years? Look, I had a similar report card for most of my scol scol uh, scholarly, uh, 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 what do you call it, career. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, um, uh, Andrew uh, enjoys uh, the topics but uh, tends to be distracted or distracts others with his talking. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, we had a pretty good time. I think it's like you talk, talk to kids now, you say, what do you like about school? They go, my friends. It yeah. was about your friends and all that sort of thing. And so uh, I had some very patient teachers who uh, helped me along. So uh, that was good, yeah. Did you have any idea what you wanted to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Yeah, it's funny. I, I think um, as the son of a farmer, I, I, I love the land. I always thought, oh, I'll be a farmer up to the age of 14 or 15. And then, uh, then I got him, uh, I... It, well, it became apparent I had a bit of a taste for music and uh, um, liked, uh, strangely enough, although I bounced around at school, but uh, I liked people and I liked seeing people learn and that sort of thing. So I ended up uh, becoming a teacher uh, for a few years at least. Um, and I come from a long line of teachers. My mother's a teacher, her siblings are all teachers, uh, my sister was a teacher. Uh, and uh, so there are a lot of teachers and educators, and um, so that's where I ended up. But, you know, I, I didn't really have that many plans, but I remember at about the age of 15, um, I was part of the church, and that's sort the of thing. We had a visiting youth, he was a really well known guy, and uh, he uh, I just remember him asking me, he said, Oh, well, what do you like? What do you like doing? I said, Oh, music, friends, people. He said, oh, Well, follow your passion. Uh, you know, and I, I, he just said it as an offhand remark, but it showed a genuine interest in me. And I think that made it, that's something I've passed on to a lot of other people. You know, what are you good at? What do you enjoy? What are you passionate about? We'll do that, do that. And sometimes people will pay you for it. So uh, there we go. Yeah. So did music and teaching, were they intertwined in those early years or uh, you, you took the teaching as a job and, and tried to find a, an outlet for music beyond that? Yeah, well, I was always involved with music and drama and all that sort of thing. Uh, and we had some, we had a, in this country high school in Narraport, it was, uh, we had a wonderful, uh, just, yeah, amazing music teachers and drama teachers. And we toured, toured our shows to the city for the Fringe Festival and all this sort of thing. It was just amazing and uh, such a great opportunity. And so, um, you know, you could see what, what could happen there and then year 12 finished and I uh, I didn't wasn't quite sure but I, I I was advised that you know look education's a good background whatever you end up doing and so I did music education I went to the conservatorium and studied piano and jazz voice and all that sort of stuff as well as doing some education topics so yeah it was great yeah it's pretty serious yeah oh yeah I I, uh, I would not be the first so I wasn't in my class, but uh, boy, I, I had some great experiences with some amazing musicians. And we were part of a jazz uh, local ensemble. We performed with uh, for people who know jazz, Don Burrows, James Morrison, uh, all these people. And so uh, it was a great experience. 
Yeah. You certainly very quickly you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. And what was that like being up there on stage when you were in your teenage years and being up on stage and also being in the city? That's big. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we toured around and uh, that sort of thing. And it was, it was a great opportunity because, you know, you do say a, a, a large sort of project like that, musical and music. And so you, there's a lot of rehearsals, but you're working. You learn a lot of social skills. You learn how to work with a diversity of people and then to be on stage you have to learn how to uh, be confident even when you don't feel confident and skills and and we were taught a lot of that and um, how to bounce back how to not be worried about a bad review move on uh, do your best so uh, yeah I look back it was incredibly um, for me Mm. so explain to us how do you look confident even if you don't feel confident? Ooh. Well, I, I always say it's amazing what you can get away with with a smile on your face. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think I think that's it. You know, but confidence does come from within. But sometimes, too, there's some skills I think we can learn, you know, as people just to uh, put a best foot forward. And, and sometimes it's just about counting the team, taking a deep breath, going, okay, I've got this. Yes, I can do it. I'm enough, you know, and um, uh, those sort of things. But the other thing is, I think, with confidence, with confidence that I've found is preparedness. Um, to, to be prepared, you know, to spend those out there, shortcuts for preparation. You can't just wing it, uh, no matter how difficult or talented someone might be. You've got to... Uh, you, you, you owe it to others that you're working with or, or who are paying to see you or working her in a lot of hours in practice or whatever with you. You owe it to them to, to put in the hours. And I had to learn that. I could wing it. I was pretty quick on my feet, but I had to learn that no preparation is really important. That's good advice. Well, thanks, Andy. Uh, now, um, we're going to take a break, but uh, when you were telling us earlier that uh, you really shouldn't be here and that there's a miracle story to tell. So when we come back from Life Burst, we'll hear more of Andy's story. If you like what you're hearing, please write a review of this podcast on your podcasting app, or you can share this on social media. This is Life Burst with Sarah and Matt. We are chatting to Andy today. And Andy, uh, back early in life, uh, a miracle story in your childhood. Tell us what happened. Yes, well, I when I was about eight or nine, I uh, contracted a virus. Now, you've got to think, well, I'm, you know, 52 now. So it was, uh, it, I think today they probably would have been able to work out what it was. But anyway, they couldn't work out what it was. I went to hospital for 10 days. But the, basically the effect of it was I just couldn't eat. I, I couldn't even stand the smell of uh, food. And uh, so I was a little kid not eating. And um, they sent me home because uh, they couldn't do anything about it. And I checked in with my mum a few years later, uh, a few years ago, actually. I said, look, yeah, how serious was it? She said, well, when the hospital sent you home and you're not better, she said, they couldn't do anything. I was just fading away. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was, I was going to die. Basically, and uh, but a few years before that, my both my parents had really come into a renewal of the Christian faith, and uh, that included a uh, a very personal experience of uh, what it meant to follow Jesus and what it meant to pray. And some of their friends had the same sort of experience. One of their friends, 
really been a follower of Jesus for a very short time. He read something in the Bible about praying for people who were sick. So he said, why don't we do that? And all the church prayed and he came over. And uh, all I can say is that, uh, that morning uh, they prayed for me. And uh, I don't remember anything physically different, but almost immediately I said, I'm hungry and I want food. Right. And uh, wow. the doctor and I, I often say I've been eating ever since. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, the doctor said, well, whatever it was is gone now. And the only difference was that they prayed and uh, humbly believed. And uh, so I'm very grateful for uh, their faith and, and obviously the medical help as well. But something happened. And uh, I think, you know, the, all the doctors said, well, that's a very unusual thing. Well. Yeah. Yeah, so this Jesus guy, did he mean anything to you at the time? Look, I think because my parents, you know, as uh, children do who grow up in a home where uh, there's uh, a sense of faith, you, you kind of imbibe that a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't remember ever thinking, oh, there's no God or anything like that. And there was always uh, the church community and worship and songs, even if some of those songs were uh, seemed pretty old or uh, irrelevant to me at the time, but um, uh, well, um, you know, uh, when you were going to die and you live, uh, makes you think. Yeah. So I guess you know, as, as I grew, yeah, even cognitively, I think like a lot of children who grow to be a teenager um, and thinking more abstractly, thinking a bit more about who I am and where I'm going, and uh, so it seemed a pretty obvious choice to decide to become a follower of Jesus and understanding what it means to be forgiven, what it means to not live for myself but live for God and to serve others. Um, and that was modelled to me by my parents and other people around me. And, um, yeah, that was uh, really significant. Mm. To some people that might sound a bit crazy, what you've just said. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say to those people? Well, I think I'd say two things. One is that, um, you know, with people of faith and people of none, you don't have to talk to too many doctors who, who will say, look, there's just things that happen that we can't explain. And I think, you know, whereas science and medical will explain what is happening, the Bible and Christianity and faith is, is more, uh, more focused on why it's And um, I think those are really complimentary, but they're different questions. And um, all I'd say, look, healed or not, um, Jesus Christ was a person in history. There were amazing claims made about him, including rising from the dead physically. Uh, and uh, it's had a huge impact on everyone who's believed in him. And so I say to people, look, consider it. Um, consider that he died for us as he rose from the dead. What have you got to learn? Hmm. So for you, that uh, obviously that, that childhood story uh, had impact on you, but it became real for you in your teenage years, uh, a few years later on. Yeah, yeah, well, and that and the combination of, you know, being involved with Christian community and um, really some wonderful people who, you know, I thought, wow, that, you know, they're, they're very serious about uh, following Jesus and they've got integrity in their life and they seem to be loving and joy-filled. Uh, and uh, they seem to have something that I didn't have. And so whereas I knew about it, I, 
I needed to, uh, as, as one of them said to me, Andy, you just need to know God. You know, it's not just about knowing about God, but knowing him. And you can know that through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and just to ask him to become the leader and savior of your life. And that's what I did. And, yeah, that changed everything. So was it like a really special moment of, you know, putting your hands off and screaming stuff or like... <laughs> What well, does that look like, what you yeah, just said? I mean, look, for me, it was a fairly quiet sort of thing. We were at a church youth camp and I just, the meeting had finished. Or I don't know what everyone else was doing, but I was just sitting on the on the seat there, just still just thinking. And there was a, a cross actually on the wall, you know, a cru- uh, of where Christ died. And I looked at that and, and it was just this thought. I still remember this thought. He died for me. He died for me. And I think that was it. You know, pretty much. Now, I, I've seen, you know, my healing and I've certainly seen what I would say and the Bible would testify as the power of God in many ways. Um, but that point was a very quiet, personal, um, but powerful moment. Yeah. Mm. Right. So life was pretty dandy from there on, I imagine, until this point that you're talking to us now, or was it not? Look, a few ups and downs, a Mm. few ups and downs. And, uh, you know, someone, a wise person said to me when I had started to follow Jesus, they said, well, you know, this doesn't mean you don't have trouble. In fact, Jesus said that. He said, look, in this world, you will have trouble. And, And so, you know, it's like the whole thing of healing. Some people are healed, some people aren't. It's not, it's it's a mystery. And we don't know why certain things happen, why certain things don't happen. We believe the best. Um, But um, in the midst of that, we have, uh, you know, it's it's knowing that we have Christ who promised to never leave us or forsake us, but also that, you know, not just our physical family, church family, a, a spiritual family. And uh, they're there to support. So that's what Now, I would like to know how did you meet your significant other? <laughs> ah, yes, Stephanie. Yes. Well, uh, so I moved from the country to the city uh, to study, and my sisters had a friend, and uh, they introduced me to their friend, and I thought, uh, I reckon we could be friends and so when that we started off as friends but i was i did have uh some thoughts in mind to make her more one of me and uh that was the age of 17 at the age of 20 we got married and uh, the rest of the history yeah. right how did you propose to her then <laughs> well look, look proposals these days are, are are quite the thing but um as some of my friends uh, and, and uh, both male and female have testified that proposals weren't quite the big thing. There was no, uh, you, you didn't film it and put it on Instagram or anything like that. So uh, we were down and uh, visiting my parents in the country and actually standing out under the starry skies. Um, but it was in my parents' driveway, so that's probably not the most romantic. <laughs> were they watching? <laughs> If you looked up, it was romantic, yes. Yeah. Were were your parents watching? Oh, no, no. Okay, okay. But she said yes. She said yes, and that's that's romantic. She laughed. That's good. She laughed, and that's not sounding good. (laughs) I was just laughing. It would be, like, funny to just 
imagine like your mom just poking her head through the curtains or something going, oh, what are they up to? But yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah well, no doubt. But uh, <laughs> no, it was. Great. Well, Andy, thank you for sharing with us. There's much more story to share. So uh, we'll be back here on Life Burst right after this with more of Andy's story. Hey, did you know this show is available in video too? You can find it at rawcut.com.au. Welcome back to Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. Today we're chatting with Andrew. Now, you, I've just asked you the question about how you propose to your now wife and you're married and you're studying, teaching, music. What did life look like from there? Yes, well, we, uh, we got married and uh, we were still part of a church community in Adelaide Hills and um, I started teaching. Stephanie was a teacher as well, so she was teaching. and um, But we also also involved with some music and so started a band and we did some recording of music and talking about our faith and and music and uh, all that sort of thing as well as being part of uh, running some uh, youth uh, helping run our local youth program and so it was a busy time starting teaching and uh, uh, all that sort of thing as well and it was a, a little um, uh, Christian school uh, in Adelaide and uh, they were very patient with me. Um, so I was in life making a lot of mistakes, but they were very good to me. And uh, we saw a lot of uh, young people uh, learn a lot about themselves, about faith, about music, and all the other things. So, yeah, that was the first few years of our marriage. Yeah. So, I want to know more about this band. What was its name? What type of music was it? Yeah. Uh, well, look, it's it's uh, a long time ago. The band was called Moving House, and so we travelled around. We played in, oh, goodness me, uh, schools, prisons, churches, festivals, um, all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of fun. And we, we, I had some wonderful musos working with me. They were just fantastic uh, players and good people, and so we had a lot of fun. And is there, like, one particular highlight from that time? Um, well, it, it really came to a point in sort of the, after about three, two, three years of doing that, that um, uh, both Stephanie and I, uh, again, we were followers of Jesus. We were going, well, what, what is God really wanting us to do here with our gifts and talents and abilities? And I started to, I actually had a chat with my uh principal at the school who was a, a follower of Jesus. And he just turned and he said, Andrew, I don't think you're going to be here next year. Uh, I think something's going to change for you. And uh, and absolutely, something shifted. But Stephanie and I went away for a few days to think and talk and pray about things. And um, uh, she woke up in the morning and had a dream. And she had a dream about two things. She said, one, uh, we had uh, resigned from our jobs for doing full-time music and talking with people about Jesus and travelling. Secondly, we had a baby. And unbeknownst to us, uh, she was actually pregnant right then. Uh, she was already pregnant. But so she had this dream. And um, so by the end of that, we had resigned from our jobs and we had a baby and started a ministry and with some supporters, 
that sort of thing. That's what we did for about five years. Wow. Okay. How did you live? What did you live in? <laughs> what did you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we rented a house, and some people were very kind to us about that. And uh, um, and yeah, there were supporters, uh, a group of you know a couple of hundred people who in our local church who released us and then supported us in that. And uh, uh, yes, I, I there, were, there were over three years. Uh, we looked at the amount of money that, and we lived pretty basically, but uh, the number of bills. Uh, that went out was larger than the amount of money that came in, but every bill was paid and we had some left over. So you can call that a miracle. I don't know. But, um, but you know, there's a, a passage in the Bible that says God provides. God provides. And uh, that's that's what we saw. Yeah. yeah. It's a, very, a time of a lot of trust. Yeah. Mm. Were you ever worried or concerned during that time? Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just the picture you've painted is that, you know, it was all happy and the bills were paid even though they were too big and we didn't have lots of money coming in. And so, yeah, it just makes it sound like it, it was a real fun time. Well, it, it was exciting uh, and we had a lot of joy there, but it was also challenging. Um, you know, there were times I was travelling on the road and uh, uh, Stephanie was uh, back home with... Uh, uh, Lockie, our first child, and then she had a miscarriage and uh, I was a long way away and um, I had to make a decision. The, the, the people who, you know, booked me to come, they were sort of quite keen for me just to stay and I said, oh, I can't stay, I've got to be home. It's family first, family first. And um, I knew at that point that I had to make a decision about what my priorities were as much as I love the ministry and the music and the people, but... Uh, uh, Stephanie and our house and our home and family were the first priority and that meant a lot to her at that time and uh, I'm glad we did that and uh, we got through that uh, uh, with uh, a lot of love and support and uh, those who you know, lost a child or had miscarriages, uh, it's a difficult time, uh, we understand that. Mm. Uh, but um, came along and uh, life was busy, life was busy. How did that affect you, the, the loss of a child? Loss of a child, yeah. It was, um, so we had some really wise people uh, in our church community who came alongside us, and um, I think it's talked about a lot more now. It was talked about a bit then, but there was a generation where no one ever talked about that. But they, they came alongside us and said, you know, this is a real grief, this is a real loss, and I think... Um, that was that was helpful to us at that time because we had to grieve the loss of this uh, baby who we'd never known, uh, and um, it's it gave us a great sense of compassion, you know, because for us we were enough to be able to have other children. But there's some people who that has been an experience over and over and over again, and no children, and so uh, that that created a lot of compassion in us for people who've been going through that. Yeah, thanks for being so open to sharing that with everybody listening or watching. Yeah, yeah. And Annie, back on those ministry years, uh, what were some? Are they? Are there any stories or things that impacted you where you saw um, this is this is making an impact on people, and this is this is really worthwhile? Uh, mm -hmm. Any any moments that were particularly stood out? 
Yeah, well, like I said, we, I mean, we were in schools, we were in prisons, we did festivals, uh, concerts, all sorts of things. So, uh, and we worked closely mainly with uh, Christian faith communities in those areas as well. Um, so I would say I saw the best and the worst. You know, you saw some very, very sad stories, uh, particularly in prisons, but even with some young people in school. Uh, and I think... Um, I could see that the culture had shifted. You know, it wasn't uh, my uh, warm upbringing uh, where a lot of people went to something or whatever. It, it had changed profoundly. And, and with that, people asked big questions and not necessarily assuming that God would be answer to those questions. Uh, there was a lot of changes culturally, uh, socially during that time. It was, uh, uh, we'd come out of a National, uh, pretty much the worst depression uh, economically uh, we'd ever had, and uh, that had shaped things. And there were there were new challenges for young people um, in a nuclear age. With uncertainty, the Gulf War, the first Gulf War started, so people were asking questions. And uh, so on one, a you know, very challenging. But on the other level, it helped me to understand that. I couldn't talk just sort of uh, as I would talk maybe to people who were of faith. I had to, I had to shape my language, but, you know, essentially as Jesus shaped his language, to be able to talk to people who were of faith and none, and, and what that meant, to be able to listen to people's story and, and hear, hear the real questions and, and uh, respond to that. And we saw great things happen, you know. We saw people make the same decision as I did at the age of 14 to become a follower of Jesus. We saw uh, people who maybe weren't ready to make that step, but we're starting, we're helped by the music, or by, uh, by the Christian community, or or just, just the fact that someone had listened to them and um, uh, taken the time. And um, uh, so all those things happened. We saw, uh, you know, talking about miracles, we saw some really amazing things happen. When I read in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, the last quarter of the Bible, uh, what happened to the Jesus followers, uh, where there were really significant things that can't be explained by natural means. Um, but we prayed for people and, and incredible things happened. And uh, we'll never forget some of those things. Yeah. So you not only experienced miracles yourself, but you, you were now a part of seeing that happen in other people's lives. Absolutely. As as much as I'm standing here today, I can only say I saw what I saw. Yeah, yeah. And some of those people I've bumped into five years, ten years, thirty years later, have said, "Absolutely, that's what happened." You know, um, whether it was spiritual or physical or emotional or whatever, but something happened uh, that they said changed their life, and uh, that's been amazing. Yeah. Great. Well, this is Life Bursts uh, you're with Sarah and Matt, and we're chatting to Andy, and when we come back, we'll hear more of his story. In Australia, juvenile arthritis affects 1 in 1,000 children. It's a silent yet common condition. Kids Arthritis is here to help support these children and their families. To help them, go to kidsarthritis.org. This has been a raw cut community service announcement.
Welcome back to Life Bass with Matt and Sarah. Today we're chatting with Andrew and I am really curious to hear about some of these miracle stories of people being healed because it's something that's not really talked about very much. So could you share some of them with us, please? Oh, sure. Well, we, you know, we um, said we travelled around and then then I was uh, a youth pastor at a church called Applefall Uniting, uh, which is now called Seeds United Church, and uh, I was made the youth pastor and we saw that grow from 30 young people to 200 young people over a period of about 18 months. And um, uh, we saw we had a lot of interaction with the high school. It was the largest high school in the state. So we had a lot of young people and uh, that sort of thing. And um, a, a lot of it was, uh, well, some of it was quite incidental. We would just pray for people and uh, things would happen. We saw uh, uh, people who um, uh, had, uh, you know, physical health issues uh, that we prayed for, you know, from as small as uh, a, a headache and we'd pray and the headache's gone. Um, right through to, uh, you know, I would say some pretty sizable uh, issues that people had. And as we prayed, um, you know, there was breakthrough. There was things that changed or, uh, and uh, we've seen people who've even had uh, quite serious diagnoses um, and they've gone to the doctor afterwards and they've said, look, I don't know what it is, but that's gone. Uh, and, uh, and look, it's not, it's not a foolproof thing it's uh you know there's some people that we pray for and and that hasn't worked out like that but at least they've known the love and comfort of friends and family and the lord uh in the midst of that um and and really you know the biggest miracles have been uh people who uh who would come into the meetings or the youth ministry or the church we're involved with and uh uh you know they just life didn't really mean much and then just somehow during the talk or the music or whatever you know just to lift up their hands you know, i still remember this one guy and and you know he spent time with uh, organized crime all sorts of stuff his life was a bit of a mess but he lifted up his hands something's happened something's happened i just know that god loves me i know that i'm forgiven i know that i'm free and um that was a big turnaround in his life you know? um and so, you know, this is this is what happens. Um, this is what Jesus wants to do. Jesus said, you know, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. And uh, we believe that promise over and over and seen that over and over again. So you keep saying pray, like I prayed and stuff happened, prayed and this happened, I prayed and this happened and prayed. Like you said, you prayed. What did you pray? What, what did you say? Like explain to us well, a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Well, it's it, uh, the older I get, and, and the the wisdom that other you know uh, people much more uh, wise and gifted than I uh, gave me was just keep it simple, keep it simple. So sometimes it's just Jesus. You know the situation. Uh, would you just minister your power and your healing right now, uh, and uh, and just be open to that. And sometimes it's been as simple as that. Um, but, you know, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord, uh, God will hear, God will save. And uh, so we've, we've seen now I'm a pastor of a church uh, for 18 years here in the 
in Adelaide called the Journey, and uh, we also do online services, but we've seen that, and, and in our services, oh, every week something can happen where uh, we just go, look, just ask the Holy Spirit to come, and we just pray very simply, Jesus, please minister your power, your healing, and uh, and then we just see what happens. And um, uh, uh, people experience God's presence and God's power, God's healing. Not it doesn't necessarily solve all the problems that everyone has, but a lot. But at the very least, people have a great strength and confidence to face life again. And they're not alone. They've got God. They've got Christian community and people all around who love them and they're supporting them. So, Andy, it sounds like, and I guess it comes back to your early childhood experience, that for you, faith is not an academic type of thing or even a ritual, but there is something very real about it and something that you continue to see uh, expressed and lived out uh, in a way that can't be explained. Um, yeah, would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. And that's not to say faith doesn't have an intellectual rigour to it. You know, I've studied, I've done, you know, I've got two degrees and studied the Bible and looked at all the reasons why and what for and uh, um, and that sort of thing. And, you know, we've got some wonderful people uh who have just an amazing gift, you know, they've got doctorates in science and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and uh, so that contributes to it. That's a support to it. But there's also just this point of, you know, those things answer what, but God answers why. And when you know the why, that whether you've got an education or not, whether you've, whatever you've experienced or haven't experienced, whatever you know or don't know, but when you know the why and, and the who, uh, who loves you, and has a plan and a purpose for your life. That makes such a difference, you know. And that, that was a big difference in my life, you know, um, probably about 10, 15 years ago, we had young children and I was finding, you know, particularly in the morning and the evening, I was finding it very difficult and, uh, uh, to just function. Um, and I prayed about it and but I found my emotions and get irritated and this sort of thing. And my wife spoke to me, she said, you know, the kids are noticing this. and. So I, I went to the doctor and I said, look, this is what's happening. And he said, you know, I think you might have classic depression. Uh, I said, really? Okay. And, but I prayed about it. He said, that's good. You prayed about it. That's part of it. Uh, but we talked about that. And uh, so I went on. Uh, it was a psychiatrist who'd become a GP, a really lovely guy. I don't know if he was a believer or not, but he sure understood me. And, uh, and so I on a medication thing, it's a very light medication, but he said, look, that's 50% of it. The other 50% of it is after you sit, keep positive in your faith and family, and that made such a difference. And uh, so I often say to people, you know, that was my real experience with mental health, I guess, and that's talked about a lot more now than even it was 15 years ago. But I was so glad that I was given the opportunity to meet with someone skilled about that to talk, and I had a supportive spouse, and... Uh, and we, uh, you know, we, we moved on. I, I changed some of the hours that I was working as well, a bit of lifestyle stuff and, and also positive stuff, but also understanding, look, for me, part of my life is every day I've got a little pill that I take that is part of God's gift to us uh, from the medical world to go, you know, this, this can lower the waterline a little bit so that we can function better. So that's another part of my story, you know. You're telling us that you believe in this Jesus guy and everything just seemed to be so wonderful and great, but then this happened. Why, yep. why, why, why would God or Jesus 
allow that to happen to you if you loved him so much and cared for him? Why would he let that happen to you? Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, look, for me it was a fairly simple solution, but, you know, there's people who've, uh, who've had terrible things happen, terrible losses, losses of children and, you know, uns- you just wouldn't, it's unspeakable. It's just so sad what's happened. And sometimes that's caused us to ask why. And the fact is in the Bible, it doesn't say why. In fact, it, the Bible critiques, you know, there was a guy called Job, you know, he had terrible things happen to him and his, his friends tried to give some fairly uh, simple, simplistic answers to that. Well, in the end, Job said, no, we don't know why. I have to trust God. And he's enough for me. And the, it was it was Job who was justified before God, and it was friends his friends who got told off by God because he's God said no no you can't you can't make sense of all this uh, only I can and uh, and that's part of our life. Jesus did you'll, you'll have trouble in this life, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I'll leave you and I'll forsake. So we don't know what's around, but we know who. Is going to be with us when we go out. Excellent. Well, thank you, Andy. Uh, we are chatting to Andy here on Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. And when we come back, uh, we'll hear uh, the, the final part of his story and uh, perhaps some advice and wisdom or some more wisdom along the way. If you think more people should listen to this, share this podcast on social media. Welcome back to Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. Today we're chatting with Andrew and we're on our last segment of the show and you've talked about your children. Uh, what was it like being a, a parent when they were younger and has that changed now that they're older? Well, yeah, life life changes and, and uh, the key to parenting is to be parenting to the child you have, not the child you think you should have. Mm. And uh, so at different ages, the children need different things from you and your spouse needs different things. And so I'm not, <laughs> I, I didn't get always get that right, but we worked that out together because life is a journey together. In fact, we called our church Journey Church because of that, uh, that life's a journey. And so in each phase, you know, what, what children need or what a teenager needs or a young adult needs and an adult needs, it, it's, it's different relationship uh, stages. And so that's been a big part of our life too. And that's been a great joy for us. And we've been very fortunate, you know, they've all been well and healthy and that sort of thing. And we've had friends who've had some really difficult challenges uh, with their kids through no fault of their own, maybe through illness or just some misunderstandings that have happened. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time now just speaking into different people's uh, age and stage of life and encouraging them, equipping them, uh, strengthening them, uh, and also to to uh, particularly with younger people, but older people too, don't forget your passion, work in your gifts, work in your abilities, know what your personality is. I often think of shape, the word shape, S-H-A-P-E, which can uh, represent S for spiritual, what's having that relationship with God, the H for your heart, uh, your passions, if you like, um, the A for your abilities, What's your skills? What what do you bring to the table? What do you love doing? And your P for personality. You know, some people are more people people. Some people are more task people. Some people like loud. Some people like quiet. 
know your personality and know other people's personalities. There's no wrong personality. It's just about supporting that. But the last one is E, and that's your experiences. And, you know, it's one thing to say, well, I can learn from my good experiences, but we also learn from our hard experiences, from the dark times, and uh, learning and, res and responding and getting through those things, but also learning how to be a help to others. You know, sometimes our greatest impact is going to be the places of pain in our life. And uh, as Stephanie and I said, you know, we've uh, the loss of a child, uh, the uh for the mental health journey uh that sort of thing i was just talking with someone the other day who's struggling a bit and so i was able to we were able to share our story and and sometimes it's from our pain that the greatest help comes so you know if someone was to give me uh us you know what do you need and uh, somehow it, it's uh, a lot of people seem to be asking that. We're both pastors now of a church and 60% of our church is under 30. So there's a lot of younger people finding their way in the world and they ask, you know, how do you how do you do marriage? How do you do family? How do you, how do, you do life? What's the best decision? And uh, the first thing I would say is get to the source, you know, consider following Jesus Christ. Uh, consider asking him or find to reveal himself to you and uh, uh, once we get connected with our creator we find out more about what we're meant to be and i think the second one is uh, to be part of community you know we've, we've got our family we've got our friends uh, but to be part of a christian community as well i'd encourage you to check that out uh, and uh, and make sure you know we all needed at least five people in our life who we could really talk to if things are difficult so community is really important but the last thing is cause our purpose and uh, to know what your purpose is and to be a person who's not just after the dollar or you know taking a job because it's got a lot of money that, that might be helpful for your family or necessary for your family but also what your family and the people you love most need from you is and from me is is for us to be fully alive to be in our passion and in our area and to be present uh, I've found the power of presence. I'm only here because people were truly present to me. Don't be the person at the party who's talking with someone and trying to look for someone else more interesting to talk to. Be present to people. Be present to yourself. And uh, there's nothing like showing up. If you want to make a difference, you've got to show up. You've got to be there and be the best that you can be for that situation and those people. So that's what we've learned a lot. And, uh, you know, there's there's great hope in that and uh, my faith informs that. But, you know, it's suffice to say we're in a time of great disruption now. And I think uh, post-COVID and, uh, you know, there's a war in Europe and tension in the, in the Asian area, Asia-Pacific area. But uh, we, you know, the Bible says, look, even if the mountains give way, God's still faithful and there's hope and there's purpose. And sometimes the shaking, I'm not saying God sends it, but I, I do think God can use that and we can grow in that and actually work out what's most important in life uh, and, and focus on those things. And uh, there is hope, there is purpose, and I, I truly believe the best is yet to come. So that's what I say. And uh, we're looking forward to what uh, God's gonna unfold in the future for us. Yes. And you've talked a lot about Jesus and a lot about God and a lot about the church over your whole interview, the time that we spent with you today. 
But is there other things that you do that isn't God and isn't Jesus mm. and isn't hanging out with your family? Like, are there other things that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we've come to value great friends. You know, one writer talks about the happy few, you know, some of those lifelong friends. And yeah. We've just gone on a holiday with some of them as well. People we've known since we were oh, five years old. Uh, and so, you know, having those friends uh, in life uh, that you can laugh with and that you enjoy things with, I think, uh, you know, the, the physical uh, keeping fit and that sort of thing, I could be a lot fitter than what I am. But, um, you know, mow the lawn, smell the roses, you know, uh, get out there. And uh, uh, that, that's that's been a really good thing we and Steph and I we love having people over for meals and and catching up with good friends and uh, uh, and family and I think that that for me you know the list of of achievements that I've done or haven't done over my life are, are pretty much are very much secondary to the people who uh, have meant a lot to me and uh, that I can mean a lot to them hopefully uh, I think those things are really important. And opportunities, you know, we had an opportunity a few years ago that came out of the blue um, to travel, uh, to see uh, Europe and uh, UK. And I went to Palestine and uh, Israel and Amman. And yeah, it was amazing. And uh, we had a ball. Yeah. So, you know, life's, uh, life's very interesting. And, uh, and we need to be interested and curious. And I've learned the value of doing that as well and, and is, is music still a part of your life as well yeah it is i mean my, a lot of my creative stuff comes more from some of my ministry and leadership sort of stuff my speaking but uh my uh, uh children are all musical in fact uh, particularly my oldest son he's he's a worship and creative pastor and writes a lot of songs and produces music and uh all on media and all that sort of thing so he loves doing that and, is he a part uh, of a band that we should know about yeah, well, they have a band called Fearless and oh, uh, those songs and Hope and uh, that's they're doing very well and talking with uh, producers and all that sort of thing uh, all over in Nashville and uh, UK and uh, so that's been, they're, they're doing really well with that and uh, yeah, all, all my kids, uh, I've always said to them, do what you love and love what you do and uh, uh, they're, they're all involved with different things and and uh, in their zone, you know, doing what they want to do and we're just cheering them on, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Andrew, for your time today in mm. sharing with us. And you've left so many pieces of, of advice with us and shared so much <laughs> wisdom and so much knowledge. It's excellent, so thank you. Mm. Well, thank you for having uh, me on and I hope that, uh, you know, well, that's my story and uh, everyone's got a story and uh, I'm fascinated to hear more interviews that you're doing with different people and their story. So thanks for that. Look at that. You've covered a lot of good <laughs> You have, you really so have. Yeah, I lo love hearing it. Thanks for your passion, your energy and uh, for doing what you do as well. Yeah. So we really appreciate it. Uh, this is Life Bursts. I'm Matt. And I'm Sarah. You can catch up with us wherever you get your podcasts from, from on YouTube and Facebook, community television and radio. Don't forget, uh, you can catch us each week as we bring more stories. You can join Andy in hearing the stories of others. It might be your next door neighbour who will be up next. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Life Bursts is hosted by Matthew Karat and Sarah Freeman with production by Reese Jarrett 
and Kay Hoshra Azadigan. For more episodes of Life Bursts, go to rawcut.com.au. This is a Raw Cut production.